The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Welcome back to the program, Afternoons with Mike, here on the Shepherd Radio Network. And with me, my friend, Eric Floyd. Eric, welcome back. Uh, You know, Mike, I was driving over here today, and I was thinking to myself to be able to sit across the table from somebody of your stature, a pillar in the kingdom like you are. I mean it, man. I really mean it from the bottom of my heart. What an honor, and thank you so much for having me, man. Well, I appreciate it. Your background is one that a lot of people... I think would be surprised to know what you do on a day in and day out basis. You are one of those humble guys that you really like talking about the kingdom of God more than you like talking about the fact that you are an entertainer at Universal and you are out on the hot streets of that uh, (laughs) make-believe city they have out there each and every day and you get to sing and you guys entertain and uh, one of the performers out there you work with the blues brothers you're elwood as i recall right? yes sir man that's just so cool except it's not cool in the summertime <laughs> right right yeah. it goes with the territory though you know it's yeah. like if you want to be an athlete you're going to get dirty so same type of thing yeah that's right and you've been doing this now for a long time right oh gosh yeah i just hit 28 years 28 years yeah <laughs> now you know if you were a postal guy, you would say, you don't do this in Florida, but you would say, yeah, I deliver mail through sleet and snow. You perform in hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> they give us a break when it's raining. Okay. They give us a break because we don't want anybody to get electrocuted. That's right. <laughs> I guess it would be kind of rough to be out there holding a microphone when it's lightning. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it is so much fun to have you. And I know that you, uh, again, are a believer in the Lord. Mm. And that is something that... I think marks you, and any time anybody's around you, Eric, they pick up on that, that you love Jesus and that you really want to do his will in your life, and regardless of the other things you get to do, and this I think is true, and maybe there's people listening to us right now in this program, and they may find themselves kind of in that same, like, it's almost a quandary at times to what to do. How do you do what you do? Uh, how do you find peace and joy in life when the world is crazy? Right now, the world is nuts. Yeah. But those of us that know the Lord have that peace and purpose that comes along with the Word of God. And I know that is your driving light. Well, we're all ministers, too, if I can just share a story. And in fact, I was at work yesterday, and this is an interesting story. We have a gym on property, and I was coming back from the gym, and I was just plugged into my headset listening to some 80s music, which I love. And I came around the corner, and I saw a young lady who works in the Marilyn Monroe show. She's one of the dancers. And I could tell she was just kind of like, you know, crestfallen a little bit. And I said, hey, you doing all right? And she goes, yeah, you know, just going through some stuff. And I said... Um, how's your health? And she goes, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, I'm just going through some stuff. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? I said, let me tell you, this isn't it for you and your best days are ahead. And as I walked away, I felt the Lord said to me, you don't feel sometimes like I use you, you know, or, or maybe you feel you want a bigger platform in ministry. But 
I, I felt him tell me in that moment, you know, that young lady needed a word from a fellow believer. And I was talking to somebody at the Central Florida Christian Chamber meeting this morning who just published a book. And we were talking and we were, we were praying for her and the success of her book. And we were talking about, we get so lost on metrics sometimes. I think we all want big, you know, whether you have a ministry, a business, a church, writing a book, doing a podcast, anything you're doing for the Lord, man, in our heart, we all want big because we serve a big God. But I feel like the Lord constantly reminds me, don't get caught up on the metrics. Because if your podcast message, if your book, if your ministry, if your sermon, if it saves one person, if it saves one person's marriage, if it, uh, just to get raw for a second, if it saves one person from putting a gun to their head, Mm -hmm. if it saves one person, man, it was, it was worth it. So, you know, like the scriptures say, Galatians chapter six, verse nine, don't tire of doing good because if we continue to work hard in due season we we will reap the reward if we don't give up yeah. so yeah i know in your field in in the field of entertainment and i've talked to people in hollywood who are actors and in the tv community out of that area uh, you know i think of john tesh who's been on my program before a couple of times here's a guy that's reached the pinnacle of success in media and what the world would call fame and and I'm sure some fortune as well but you know none of that means anything ultimately and I've I've talked to so many people who have found the Lord and they're living in this kind of scenario like John yeah and their life only started they feel they only started living when they came into a right relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus and it's not money doesn't do it uh fame doesn't do it Getting to do fun things like what you get to do, that doesn't do it either. The only fulfilling thing is going to be whether or not you've got the peace and joy of the love of God living in your heart. And when you say that, you know, my favorite, people look at me funny when I say this, my favorite book of the Bible is Ecclesiastes. I love Ecclesiastes because King Solomon you know, the wealthiest, if you go by the Bible and you believe the word, which we do, the wisest individual. No doubt about it. Amen. And he says, you know, I had it all. I had the palaces. I had the servants. I had the money. I had the power and all that. But what is the prevailing sentiment all through that book? Always, vanity. Yes, sir. Always vanity. Yeah, it's all vanity. And it just brings me back, you know, when I'm getting lost sometimes I'll go back to Ecclesiastes because it's just like you can have it all but if you don't have God you have nothing you know I just recently read finished reading through that book again Mm -hmm. and realizing that here's a guy now he did a lot of things wrong in his life but he had a lot of things right in his life he had great teaching he had uh his dad who inputted so much wisdom into him and then obviously the big gift of wisdom came from God himself who rewarded him with that. And he is, for all of the things that you've just said, which he learned, sadly, a lot late in his life, uh, they were not precursors or they didn't prevent him from going through the struggles that I think a lot of us are in. Yeah. And so gaining wisdom, he's the most, he's the most wealthy person. The queen of Sheba comes and looks at what he has and She's impressed. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing to say that. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, is that we have to realize that there is no joy and there is no peace 
like that which comes from God. Yeah. And that can't be bought and it can't be derived from just a position of doing something cool. Yeah, and if I can, because I think this will bless the listeners, the Lord had showed me something, and you referenced King David, who is, of course, King Solomon's father, and the Lord showed me something in Scripture, and I've been yearning now to write a sermon about this, when David sinned with Bathsheba and uh, committed adultery and, you know, took uh, Uriah, who was her husband, and had him killed, and then the prophet comes to him from mm-hmm. the Lord yeah. and, you know, calls him out, for lack of a better right. word. Through God, you know, the prophet is speaking and he's saying, you know, I gave you the kingdom. I gave you Saul's kingdom. I gave you Saul's wives into your bosom. I gave you the power. I gave you victory. I gave you all of these things. And if that wasn't enough, I would have given you much more. And that to me is such a drop the microphone moment. Because it's like God is telling David, if you wanted another wife, and let's just be real, I'm assuming from the scripture what the Holy Spirit showed me, Bathsheba was exceedingly beautiful, I feel. And I feel what the Lord is saying to David, if you wanted another exceedingly beautiful wife, all you had to do was ask me. You didn't have to go, you know commit this great sin against me. And I feel it's such a moment where we as believers can learn from that and say, if we want these things that we think are going to make us happy or, or whatever it is in the world, or, or you just want something because it's a desire of your heart, just ask God. That's yeah, all he's yeah. saying there. And if you're not getting it, it's either not right for you or it's not time. But I, right. man, I want to preach a sermon on that. I think it's so powerful, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, uh, think about the amount of sermons that have come from Psalm 51. And that's when you really see that side of David for all the things that he had done wrong. Again, he, he leads the way with a great example of how then to turn around and repent yeah. and do what's right. And, uh, you know, so often when God reproves some people, they end up getting mad at God instead of realizing it's the love of God that causes us. I think of the book of Hebrews uh, and the writer to the Hebrews talks about the fact that when God who loves us, he disciplines us as any loving father would. That discipline is not because it's punitive or he's angry or whatever. He's doing that. He's doing that correction because he loves us. Yeah. He prunes who he loves. It's funny. And when you were talking about so many, you know, they'll, when you think David, some people were references in Bathsheba, but you're like, look, David was a man after God's yeah, own heart. That's right. And a parallel of that in the New Testament to me is a little, is Peter a little bit, because pe- people will get so down on Peter. You know, Peter denied Christ and, and all these things. And Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. But dude, Peter walked on water mm-hmm. and Peter raised Tabitha from the dead mm-hmm. in the book of Acts. You know, so it's just like, I, I think it's funny, Mike, sometimes we as humans, we have that tendency to gravitate towards that glass half, half empty, you know, mentality. But yeah. Peter was definitely somebody, man, who he, he did absolutely wondrous things that has anybody else really done since then, you know. This kind of talk that we're talking right now is that thing that we referenced earlier, the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that Peter definitely had. He had the keys to the kingdom that were given to him from the Lord himself. And, you know, you're right for all of the mistakes he made. I mean, you know, let's face it, cutting off the ear of the person in the garden. That's, 
That's crazy. I mean, you know, <laughs> put away the sword, Peter. You don't need that right now. Yeah. But he did a lot. And I've often thought about this, Eric. Imagine what it would be like to have our deeds that were less than wise and less than smart yeah. and less than cool to be written and then established for all of eternity yeah. through the word of God, which will live forever. Imagine the humbling sense that that had to be for Peter. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. It's funny, a fellow friend of ours was uh, a chiropractor we know who's a great believer. We were just talking about yeah. him off air, Dr. Dr. Ben. ben. Yeah. yeah, Dr. Ben Rawl, but he was telling me, and we were talking about how, um, you know, how the kingdom of God is not so much in word, but the Apostle Paul talks about it's in power. You know, and that's something every time I, I'm about to, to speak or, or if I'm going to be in a situation where I feel like God is using me to edify the body, it's like, Lord, let me not just speak words. Let power come from my voice. Uh, let there be your power radiating through me. And, and Dr. Ben, I'm, I'm plagiarizing this. This is him. This was his revelation. He said, you know, I think the, the guard who got his ear cut off, I'm pretty sure before then that guy wasn't a believer. But I bet after Jesus reattached his ear, he was. So it's just, you know, it's, I think a lot of people say, you know, like the miracles and healings and all these things left with the apostles and Jesus. No, I believe those things are real today. And I believe that rings the bell for people's salvation. You can preach a beautiful sermon, but when people see the bona fide power of God and it's undeniable, man, that is what brings people into that fold, man. I agree. Now, you mentioned anointing. Mm -hmm. And that's a word that is understood greatly among those that would believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. Uh, to some people, it may be an awkward term. So when you're using it, I think I'm hearing you use it in a context that that is the mark of God's presence on that person. Yeah. Uh, the oil, if you will, of uh, of approval from God. Amen. Uh, that is on that person. Would that be pretty close to what you're meaning by that? Yeah, and I think like just a good example of that is in like First Corinthians chapter 12. You have the nine people. A lot of people like to call them the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'll just use an example. One of those is miracles, the gift of miracles. Now, I don't believe that we can just operate in the gift of miracles anytime we want, you know, because... Let's face it, we don't know everything that the Spirit knows. And so, and I believe those nine gifts that are listed, you have to have that unction from the Holy Spirit, that knowing that in this moment, I need you to operate in this gift. I'm going to give you the anointing because I, I'm, I'm imparting you the wisdom that at this moment it needs to be done. I'll be honest with you, this is kind of an interesting story. I was at the hospital many years ago. Uh, with a friend of mine and a, another friend of ours, their their mother had died, mm. and and we were we were fervent, we we were believing, just because of, of what it says in John fourteen about those who believe in Jesus will do the things he did in greater works than these. We believed we could bring this person's mother back from the dead, and I remember standing over the body with my friend, and we prayed a prayer of agreement, and we literally tried to yeah, breathe life yeah. into this person, and it didn't work, you know, and everything, but I don't feel like the Lord was upset with us stepping out in faith. I just felt later on as I reflected, he was saying to me, listen to the Holy Spirit. If that unction is really there that I'm wanting you to do this and that miracle is going to happen, you're going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. So 
I think there there's a word there for somebody. We can operate in those gifts, but man, God is the one who doles out the power and the anointing because he knows the exact moment and situation those where those things need to be done. And you know, so many times people get a little confused and mm-hmm. caught up in the fact that we are called by God. He did say what you said he's He gave us in the word that greater things than these shall you do. And so while that's not a common one to see happen, Mm -hmm. if God wanted to raise someone up, if God, and we know, I think of the movie Breakthrough. I don't know if you saw that. Of Um, course. A great story. And I've had Joel, the the pastor who, that's right, because he's spoken at the uh, chamber before. Uh, Yeah, at a chamber luncheon. He he was the real life pastor from the the movie Breakthrough and the, and the, the gentleman who broke through the ice and drowned. The mother came in and I don't know exactly what scripture she used. She just, I mean, spoke life over her son in the name yeah, of Jesus, yeah. and it was a, a miraculous healing. Yeah. And when God wants to do that, when he does that, when he gives that gift, mm-hmm. there's nothing like it. No. But you cannot just snap your fingers. None of us can, and we cannot be so presumptive to think that that is the way the kingdom of God works. And the kingdom is here. It's, uh, you know, we live in this world of the now and not yet, according to what theologians would refer to it. Mm -hmm. We know there's going to come a greater manifestation than what we can think or imagine. I'm kind of ready for that day to come. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not ready to go home quite yet, but it's just like I, I, I was, it was funny when you said I was talking to my wife last night about heaven and we were, we were kind of, I had met my wife 28 years ago yesterday, so we were having a romantic uh, candlelight congratulations. thank yeah. you and we were saying you know it, you know the scripture says in in um in heaven you know you're not going to be given in marriage you know and we were saying oh we're not going to be married in heaven but i said i told her i said babe i, I don't think you, we can even fathom the joy and euphoric peace that we are going yeah. to experience yeah. when we're in the very presence of god i think that's right i you know there was uh, an illustration to that point would be I had a friend who was in the military, and I was trying to understand why in the world the military would kind of retire the SR-71 Blackbird. And his answer to me was, don't be fooled. They've got something better. Yeah. And I think that really applies to what God has for us. We can't imagine what it's going to be like. It's going to be greater than we can think or imagine. And yet that is the future for everyone who believes in Jesus. We're going to get to see it. Amen. Amen. I love it. Eric Floyd is my guest. We'll continue this chat in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. 
My guest today is Eric Floyd. Coming up a little later in the program, you'll hear a few more interviews from my event last week at the FCA Kickoff Classic. And that was uh, such a great night. Uh, many hats uh, are worn by Noah Wilbanks, who is the uh, leader of FCA in Gainesville and uh, the North Central Florida area. But boy, oh boy, kudos out to his team for what they were able to pull off hundreds and hundreds of young people coming to the Lord last week. And that was so great. And you'll hear a couple of interviews from one coach and then my friend Phil Corson. Well, he'll be on in just a little bit. But right now, going back to Eric, this chat about the kingdom of God. It's been a long time since I've had a couple of, uh, uh, you know, guests on uh, about that. And, you know, I know I got to talk with some of those coaches the other night, Eric, that we were talking about the impact on young people. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they said that really rung in my heart is that one of the things that these coaches are wanting to teach the kids through FCA is that there's going to be life after football. Yeah. Football is only going to last if you're in high school four years or for some students, maybe five, but yeah. <laughs> most most of them, it's four. And you're going to not be playing football probably past that high school time. Yeah. So what are we building around our life? What are we investing in that's going to stick with us throughout the, you get to be my age. What What are you going to have? Well, it needs to be the kingdom of God. It needs to be the truth of the kingdom. Yeah. And that's what, that's what we're... Uh, seeing as the most important thing that people can gain to their lives. Yeah. I think, too, I, I'm just going to throw out here, it was a personal observation. I remember when Tom Brady retired, and then he came back. And I was thinking to myself, was it just because football man was all he knew? It was all he knew his whole life. And so it's like, I think people criticized him for coming back. And I said to myself, yeah, but man, give him some grace because this guy's whole life was football. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden you wake up. I mean, you know, the biggest star in the NFL, really, if you want to be honest. And then you wake up one day and that's all just taken away from you. And it's, uh, you know, the you're no longer, you know, there's, I don't know if you're a big Rocky fan, but I am. I'm a huge Rocky fan. I watched fan. it. I wouldn't okay. say I'm a big fan, but. But there's Yo, this. Adrian. Yeah, there's this scene in. Uh, Rocky three, when Rocky, he loses the title to Mr. T's character and Mr. T just wipes the floor with Rocky. And so Rocky's in his old gym and his manager has died and he's all alone and he's mm -hmm. beat up and Apollo Creed comes to visit him. And he says, I'm going to train you and I'm going to train you the way I fight and you're going to win the title back. And Rocky says to Apollo, who was, of course, his huge rival in Rocky two and one, he said, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to help me? And he goes, you hear that? And they're sitting in the middle of an empty gym. He goes, it's too quiet. He goes, when you retire, it's too quiet. And so I think it's that it's that thing like and Tom Brady probably experienced that, you know, it's too good. You know, you all of a sudden you're not the star and, and life is going on without you. But I, I think a scripture that helps people in that transition, there may be one person, like we say, who's listening to this right now, who's in that transition. Maybe they're transitioning into another career. Yeah. And I think one of the greatest promises of God in the word is that you're latter days will be more fruitful, more prosperous, and greater than your former days. And I think when you're really walking with God, because sanctification is a process, maturation is a process. I mean, 
I can read the same scripture for years. And then it's like the other day I read something and he showed me something I've never seen before. But when you're walking with God, you can really expect that when you're 60, when you're 70, when you're 80, those days can, and I believe are better than when you were younger. I, I think it was a drop, a drop mic moment a moment ago when you said that. It's too quiet. Mm-hmm. You, you, that's a great illustration. I've never heard wisdom from Rocky before. <laughs> like, quite to that degree, man. That was, <laughs> that was really great. Yeah. But you know, you're so right. We have got to realize that God's plan, God's purposes, they go way farther and maybe beyond the years that we think we have. Yeah. Uh, and that's what Apollo Creed was giving Rocky. He was giving him a little bit of wisdom for the moment. And we need that. We need that in our life. We need to have people in our lives. Again, going back to the illustration of those coaches and what they were sharing with me, it is a proven fact to a lot of young people that a coach will be next to their parents and in some family situations, more so than their actual parents, sadly. Shouldn't be that way. But they are a greater influence, one of the most important influences. And why is that? It's because they're taking time with them. They're walking them through their life and in many times introducing them for the first time to the kingdom of God, to the person of Jesus. So that's an important role that a coach can play. Yeah, and it's funny, you had alluded to it, but most, I was a student athlete. I played, you know, varsity football four years in high school, and I, you know, just wasn't good enough to play at the collegiate level. But a lot of these college players, high school players, they're not going to go pro. You know what I'm saying? And the word that when you're talking about these kids and they're going through this is process. Mm-hmm. And their athletic career, man, and, and the character that share, I'm a huge proponent of athletics in high school and college, because I know it it shaped my character. It gave me discipline. It helped me to be mentally tough. It helped me to persevere and endure and all these things. So I think there's a process many of them are going through that's going to give them gifts, talents, abilities, things that are going to help them down the road. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're a tall guy. Did you play basketball at all? No, I never had a love for basketball. I, ju- I just wanted to play football. I just, yeah. My friend, a- <laughs> what a waste of time. I know, I know. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. You know, I, I was um, sadly uh, really misinformed growing up. My mom and dad told me I was going to be 6'3". And they had believed that because a, a chart that the baby Gerber, Gerber Baby Food Company came up with uh, back in uh, the 50s was, uh, you know, it, it was like a, a guesstimation of how based on uh, your foot size and hand size, they would tell you how tall you're going to be. Well, uh, I was supposed to be 6'3". And then I, I grew up and stopped growing at 5'9". And and then the Bible says the wicked will be cut off short. No, so that, I was going to, I'm going to counter that and say you are fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> so the whole point of it is, is that I look at a guy like you, you're tall. I'm thinking, man, I had that Indiana love for basketball and I wanted to be 6'3 so I could dunk the ball, you know, but it was never going to happen and never going to happen. But one of the things that can happen to any student and it can happen to any mom any dad, or maybe our grandparents that are listening like me, uh, we can have and still grow with the kingdom of God in our life. And these truths that you're talking about, I mean, talking about uh, Solomon and and the things that he, he did that he later saw was vanity. We can repent of those things, just like what David did. 
and we can move on beyond into the good of God. And it's never too late to take those steps toward being what God wants us to be. I've had the opportunity a few times in my life that I knew that I knew, you know, I had an opportunity with a friend of mine to work the NRB conference back in May at at her booth. She was Crystal Parker. We all know her. Uh, And she was launching the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce. She gave me the honor of working the booth there for her at at the NRB conference. And I felt to myself during those four days that I was right in the vortex of God's will for my life. You know, and it, it, like people, they'll look at what I do for a living and they'll be like, oh, what you do, you have the greatest job. But for me, it was like on those occasions when I know that I know that I've been right in the center of God's will for my life, I'm going to be really candid right now because I feel somebody may need to hear this. It's like before I came to the Lord, you know, I have a, a pretty crazy past, but there was no drug I ever did that gave me the euphoria of being right in the center of God's will for my mm-hmm. life. And I, I think that might be for somebody out there. It's so true. Yeah. I've had it said uh, so many times on this program, yeah, there's nothing like the peace that comes from God. It's, it's truly, as the scripture says, a peace that passes all understanding. Yeah. And that's what God does. God doesn't come up with junk. He does not make junk. And every person that is made, that is listening to us today, I pray that this little chat will be an encouragement to you because of the fact that he has plans for you. And like uh, like we've read in the, the scripture again, plans that were good, Jeremiah would say, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And that's the plan of God. And that's what we have to do. And, you know, I, I've uh, we all can be this way. I can be hard on myself. When I've made mistakes before, this is something that recently came up in a, uh, a, d- a discussion with one of my uh, one of my overseers. Is that I can be very hard on myself when I when I've fallen short of something that I want to do, and I I don't quite cut it, and that's something that we we've got to let that go and move on past that and trust God. I mean, Romans 8.1 is a pretty powerful verse when it says there is no condemnation for those in Christ yeah. Jesus. My favorite verse of scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.19, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Here we go. No longer counting people's sins against them. Yeah. This is the wonderful message yeah. we have to tell others. And I tell people, you know, who have sinned or they have guilt or whatever, I'm like, God's not thinking about it. Why should you? That's right. (laughs) And if God has forgiven us, why can't we move on and receive that kind of forgiveness? If you're feeling that guilt or whatever, that's not God. That's the enemy. That's beautiful. Now, one thing we haven't talked about yet about what you do in your life, you've got obviously this job that you get to be an entertainer, but I know your heart and passion again is for the kingdom, but you also are a podcaster. You host a podcast. Tell us about that. Oh, thank you, just even for giving me a second to talk about it. So my podcast is Where Grace Abounds, and it can be heard wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And it's just really the goal of the podcast is pretty simple. It's just to promote the complete gospel message of Jesus Christ. And when I say that, you know, the gospel is not just about putting faith in Jesus so that we can go to heaven when we die. Jesus said, I come that they might have life and life more abundant. So it's about it's about receiving and by grace, unmerited, undeserved favor, that abundant life that Jesus brings us. And it's just talking with other people from every walk of life who are just thriving in their lives because they're walking that freedom that grace gives us 
and the rest of the balance of what is in the word of God has really just affected their life in such a positive manner. So that's what the podcast is about. And I just appreciate you even letting me talk about it. Oh, yeah. Tell us about some of your recent guests. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, we do things on healing and uh, we, we had a podcast on healing just recently. I had three guests on. Dr. Ben Rawl was one of them. That was good. But uh, I think my probably best podcast. There's one, it's a couple episodes ago. I was at the NRB conference, like I was talking about, and that's the biggest congregation of Christian broadcasters in the world. Film, TV, radio. I know you were there doing your thing, but I had a field recorder there and I had talked to just so many people. Uh, I got to talk to uh, uh, Rabbi Kirk Schneider, who is obviously uh, a pretty well-known name in the kingdom of God. And so I got a soundbite with him and just authors and just people from every walk of life. So that's a really good variety pack. Um, it's the best sound bites from the NRB conference 2023. If you want to look at that one, that would be an excellent episode for you to check out. What about podcasting, Eric? Do you like the most? What is it? It's just this. I mean, my passion is just to talk to fellow like-minded believers about the kingdom because it's funny because we all have different revelations. I was talking to a friend of mine at work the other day, a really good friend of mine at work, a strong believer. And we were talking about when Jesus died on the cross and he said, it is finished how the curtain was torn uh, in the temple from the top to the bottom. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, he thinks the Holy Spirit showed him this, the curtain was torn from the top to the bottom. So no, it'd be like no man could have done that. No man could have ripped it. If it would have been, yeah, yeah, if it would have been ripped from the bottom to the top, well, then people could have said, oh, well, a man did that. But, and so I love these little things because the Spirit shows us different things out of Scripture. And I, I just really love the banter of like-minded believers and, and the victories and the testimonies and the miraculous things. And it's all about encouragement, right? I mean, the, the Apostle Paul says, if you want to, you know, thrive in any gift of the Spirit, th- thrive in prophecy. And that's simply encouraging, edifying, and comforting the church. Yeah. So that's what I really try to make the podcast about. It's all about encouragement. You know, I stay away from anything negative. I, I just really try to encourage and just lift up the body through it. So Now, one of the things that you're doing as you do that is this whole thing of taking life. And you're, uh, again, an entertainer. It's not like you're working at a church. And I love the fact that you're an example of how God can use a person in the workforce at their place of business, doesn't matter where, where it is. And it can actually be at a place of entertainment, like what you do at your job. But you take the gospel and you take the kingdom and you live that out in what, what Mark Goldstein calls marketplace ministry. Yeah, and, and and it's a legitimate form, uh, and, and it's a wonderful way of uh, living life and taking the gospel where we work. Well, I know you beat that drum a lot, and and you know everybody who I talk to, I know we mentioned the name Crystal Parker, our mutual friend who uh, is the president of the U.S. Christian Chamber. I can't remember what the exact statistics is, but we have a much, much, much better chance of reaching the unchurched in the marketplace than we actually do in the church. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree, and it is it is really wonderful to see relationships change as the light of God comes upon them through sharing the gospel, and it can happen uh, just in a moment at work, or it can happen in the line at Publix, yeah. or it can happen in a neighborhood chat. We never know where it is, but I think we always have to be ready, and we have to be like that person that God tells uh, you know, to be ready because you know you want to be instant in season, it says, 
and wherever and whatever time he gives us to go and to declare his word, yeah. we are called to be witnesses. Amen. I, I, I'm sure you've had this experience. I'll be talking to a fellow believer at work and, and you don't really think anybody's around listening. And then all of a sudden you realize there's somebody 10 feet behind you and you yeah. kind of turn around <laughs> that they'll look away real. They've been listening to you and yeah. you don't even realize that you might be speaking into their life from a conversation that you're having with another person. They just happen to be here kind of overhearing it. So those are the kind of things I think God uses, you know, covertly. <laughs> God ordained eavesdropping. There yeah, you yeah. go. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, That's just what it is, yeah, man. Yeah. Eric Floyd, I really appreciate you. Uh, give us the information again about your podcast. Uh, I know people will enjoy the program. You've I appreciate it. Let me say it. It's so, like I say, it's where grace abounds, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts from Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the whole nine yards. It's out there everywhere. Okay. Where grace abounds. Eric Floyd, my guest. Thank you for dropping by, my friend. It's always great to have you. It's such an honor, Mike. All right. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. It is so nice to have you along with us today. Well, last week I was able to be up in Gainesville for the FCA Kickoff Classic, the third annual such event. Had a great time talking to coaches, also Coach Steve Spurrier, as well as R.V. Brown. There were two interviews that I just did not have time to fit in on Friday's program. They're just too good. I wanted to share them with you now. R.J. Fuhrer is from Oak Hall. He's the head football coach there, right on Tower Road. We were talking about that. And this is uh, an area that I've passed by many, many times in, a, in my years in Gainesville. Yes, sir. Yeah, we, uh, we're a smaller school. Uh, we have about 255 uh, kids in the upper school, um, uh, which is 9 through 12. Uh, we are a K through 12 school, so um, you know we're, we're continuing to grow. Um, I think we'll have pro roughly about 900 students K through 12. Um, now, for the football team, that that puts a, a little bit of a challenge, it's right? It's a challenge. It's a challenge. We um, have a middle school team. Uh, we're going to be actually playing in the boys' club league this year um, for the first time. And we have 35 kids signed up for that. That's grade 6 through 8. So that's been really good for – or that's, you know, that's our feeder program, right? We don't right. – in today's day and age, there's a lot of, you know, transferring here and there. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we have to build it from within. Uh, we have to, you know, which the, the good thing about that is, you know, our kids learn our systems offensively and defensively um, starting in sixth grade. Um, and so it's, it's, you know, it works for us. I mean, we, we've got kids that um, are, you know, we call them grinders. You know, they're playing both ways. We have, we'll have 20 six to 28 depending on a couple kids uh trying to decide whether they're gonna so they're on both sides of the ball oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. They're, they're playing offensively and defensively <laughs> my and, um, goodness you know some kids don't really come off the field much you know but what's great for that is for you know kids that do want to play at the next level they've got a ton of film i mean we have we have a, our starting offensive lineman has played varsity since seventh grade and um, so he, he'll have varsity film, you know, six years of, of varsity film, which um, 
which is great. I mean, obviously, you know, he's a he was a bigger kid or is a bigger kid. We're not going to put a kid that's that can't be, um, you know, on varsity physically. Mm-hmm. But you know, they get a lot of good film and they've got a lot of good uh, exposure and on both sides of the ball. So you know, obviously, I tell the kids, the more you can do, the more attractive you are to college coaches. And you know, they're working for those scholarships. I mean, that's yeah. something that is a goal mm-hmm. and a dream many have. Yes, sir. But you know, one of the things I've heard a couple of times tonight is that the coach like yourself you also have to be concerned about life after right uh, football like after high school yeah and I think that's a, a big advantage of, of O'Call um, you know it's a college prep school so we uh, our curriculum is, is tougher um, and you know I've had college coaches tell me that you know they look at, at a, a school like O'Call knowing that their kids uh, our kids I should say um, are going to be ready Mm-hmm. from an academic standpoint because they have been challenged. Um, but our, our head of school, Dr. Hutchins, has uh, instituted a learning special learning center in both uh, or all three, the lower, middle, and upper schools, um, where kids can get extra help. Um, you know, he's very passionate about, about the learning center and helping kids that, uh, you know, may be challenged academically, but they can, they can make it through there and get a degree from O'Call um, we have one of our, our tight ends. He's going to Carnegie Mellon, uh, one of the top five engineering schools oh, in the country. Amazing. Yeah. And he's going to be a tight end there. Um, he's also in Navy ROTC. So, so he's know. got it both sides of the ball and the other side of uh, life in high school. He's got the academics. Yeah, coming. and we have a lot of high academic kids. Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, we're, it's, I, I like to say it's, it's kind of the best of both worlds. You know, you've got a great, great oh, yeah. environment, beautiful school great academics and, uh, and and great sports and we we won the 2a all sports award for the fhsa last year um we've had nine winning seasons in a row for F, you know for the football team um so you know our, our motto is why not us that's been our football motto for i started that in like 2019 you know it's like we can be you know the best academically uh, great school, college prep school, and, and still have incredible athletics as well. And you've got it going on. R.J. Fuhrer is my guest here uh, here at this event. What's the FCA been like for you yeah. with regards to what you do there at O'Call? Well, I'm, I'm the sponsor. I'm the FCA sponsor. And um, my relationship, I, the biggest thing that I've gotten out of, uh, of it being the sponsor is my relationship with Noah. Um, and Noah has just been incredible for FCA in this area. Um, I just I respect him immensely. Um, I feel blessed to call him a friend. You know, we meet during the season. We'll meet every Friday morning about 8:30 in my office, and it just recharges me. You know, yeah. the uh, we we were going over the Book of John uh, for for a month or so last year. Um, you know, pray for, for me, pray for my family, pray for our team. And I just can't say enough about Noah. I mean, he's just a special person. And the, what he's doing for FCA in this area is just remarkable. I mean, it's just crazy. But that, this event is testimony yeah, to yeah. that. I mean, I think we had 500 something last year. We have 800 yeah. this year. And just... Uh, it's just, it's remarkable. And, and to be honest with you, our country needs something. Like, it needs Yeah, this. we need a bunch of Noahs. Yeah, yes, for sure. <laughs> we do. For sure. for sure. I agree with you so much. And it's so great to see a person like yourself at a school. A lot of people would write off small schools, smaller schools. 
man, you can tell that's not what's happening at Oak Hall. So no. thank you, RJ, for your heart. And more importantly, thank you for what you're doing, both as a, as a discipler of these young men, but the fact to hear that you yourself are being discipled and ongoing in a relationship, that says so much. I, I feel like I've gotten a lot more out of FCA than I've put into it. I, I, I hate to say that, but, you know, it's just, it's been remarkable that when I agreed to, to be the sponsor, I really didn't know what I was, you know, agreeing to do. Um, and so it's, but it's been great. And I'm, I'm so blessed to, to, to be part of it. Well, I'm blessed to get to talk with you and get to have this moment with you. R.J. Fuhrer from Oak Hall, head football coach here at the football. It's the big kickoff classic for FCA, and it's going to be a great night. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. It's always great to see this guy come through the door. Phil Corson. He's the senior pastor at Abundant Grace Community Church and my coworker. I was privileged to work with you for 17 years in Gainesville. Yes, my love goodness. Right. We still get to be in association because the shepherd is here too. Yes. And I get to come back up to Gainesville. Phil, you've been an athlete coach before, yep. and you're also a ref. I mean, you travel yep. around and do all of that. What are you seeing happen today yep. with kids in school and sports? You know, the thing that I love is I've always loved sports. And so my children played it. Yeah. And then as they got older, I decided. Well, to, you played it. Well, I played it too, right. <laughs> That's and, right. Uh, and I coached them a little bit, but then more so, uh, I wanted to keep active with it, and so I joined officiating. So I officiate girls volleyball, boys and girls basketball, and girls softball. And uh, be able to interact with young people, their parents, uh, it's a great privilege to be able to do that, get to know the coaches in the city. So able to share the gospel, be there. Many of them know that I'm a pastor. Uh, that uh, has an effect on them. And uh, at times where they go through trials in their own life, Mm -hmm. I may get a call or they may pull me off to the side, have an opportunity to share the gospel, pray for them, whatever the case may be. And I love that part. I love what you've done with it because I remember a number of years ago, there was a young lady that was uh, actually a basketball player at UF that you happened to be at one of these sporting events and got to meet her and she ended up being a conduit for bringing in so many UF players into the church back then. I think a lot of pastors are are maybe possibly missing opportunities to be involved outside the doors of the church. Would you encourage pastors to either get involved in outside meetings, being one yourself that's done that? Yeah, I I think so. You know, you may not become an official, but you can at least go and support people in your church and go watch maybe some of your parishioners, their children play, Mm -hmm. and um, meet them at their level, at where they're at. And I think that what always inspires me is the passage where Paul's encouraging Timothy. He says, do the work of an evangelist. Yeah. And so he has that mindset that even as a pastor, he's encouraging Timothy to go out, share your faith, share the gospel, be out in the world. And that's what I I love. I'm very busy, obviously, with ministry at the church, but I also have a heart for others on the outside and and getting to know people and meeting them where they're at. I appreciate you're doing that. Now, you've done this enough years now. And culture has changed somewhat since yes. you started being in the refs, how I've yeah. always called you, ref right. games of all forms right. and all sports. What are the changes that you've seen happen in the culture that affects the kids that you are an official yeah. for? Yeah, if, if ever there was a need for FCA, <laughs> it is definitely on the campuses with the young people. Uh, the parents are just, uh, uh, the hostility 
toward refereeing and um, every parent thinking, uh, whether they're thinking or, quote, living vicariously mm-hmm. through their child, whatever the case may be, just seeing the hostility toward not only other teams and even children and players, but then toward the officials as well. And, and we really need the grace and the gospel of Christ to come and permeate these things. And that's why I love FCA and what they're doing. Yeah, and you got to love Noah Wilbanks, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, he, He's, he's got it going on. He does. He does. And I'm very excited about that. And then just heard that Robbie's now at UF and uh, part of FCA at UF. And uh, so I'm excited about that and looking forward to supporting them and what they do. And then, Mike, you know, uh, the building that we have. Yeah. We have uh, FCA Wrestling uh, at Abundant Grace. Oh, that's right. So they, uh, we've got Guillermo Diaz. I and, had him on the program last year. Oh, he said right okay. where you are. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so he, he's there, and they've, they go and show wrestling techniques to kids. They're there, but then they take a little break. And then during the break, there's some type of character quality that they're instilling into these young people and preaching the gospel to them. And uh, it's having an impact. And so it's a growing club. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, been, it's been fun just to watch them and then for Abundant Grace to participate by allowing our building to be used for that. It's a beautiful building with a great basketball floor on right. that thing too, right. man. Well, thank you for coming by, you Phil. It's always great to see you, brother. Love you, brother. And that about wraps up all of our coverage from this year's big kickoff classic in Gainesville, put on by FCA. Many thanks to my good friend Noah Wilbanks for all the hard work and the vision, the planning and prayer that has gone into this. Again, over 300 young people made decisions to follow Jesus and find faith in their life. That's all of my time for today. We'll see you next time right here on The Shepherd on Afternoons with Mike. Thank you.